That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that smells like a campfire that may or may not have had some plastic in it. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about from? myself, because nothing oh, is for oh, me. Oh, oh, oh. I was out with the neighbors having a campfire all evening, and now I reek like a campfire. <laughs> but I figured that's a pretty good analogy for our show, yeah. as compared to all the other podcasts out there. Yeah, we're kind of the one in the crowd that kind of just smells a little off. Yeah. <laughs> a little, well, unfortunately that would be, a, what, a little bit toxic? Game, gamey. Game, yeah. <laughs> toxic and gamey. I like that. Oh. Uh. Uh. Okay, uh, let's get into it. We got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to, but uh, we're gonna play it a little loose tonight. We got uh, roulette recently watched, some books update, uh, maybe some rabbit hole stuff. We fall down there. We'll uh, jump into that. A couple of news stories, if uh, need be. But uh, at any rate, let's kick right off with the roulette. Last week we did a blind, and that's where we force each other to watch movies. So that you either get the joy of finding those gems or can avoid the complete and utter turds. Um, I had the divine move, and you took nurse. I'm going to let yes. you go first. Okay, nurse. Um, what an interesting movie this is. Uh, <laughs> for, first off, um, the cover it can be a little bit deceiving, um, but but the movie itself, oh yeah, it's right up my alley, of course. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm on. I'm on IMDb. Just the synopsis on there is: By day, Abby Russell is a dedicated nurse. By night, she lures cheating men to their brutal deaths and exposes them for who they really are. And um, it's it's everything that you want it to be um, for the undiscerning, undemanding horror fan. Um, it's gory and it's relatively fast paced. And I I thought it was a good movie. My main gripe about the movie, honestly, is our lead. Um, I'm dying to talk about her. <laughs> uh, the whole story is cool. For if you're a horror fan, there, it's well made. It's a well made movie. It's gory, but she's just kind of off looking. I guess odd. I'm, she's uh, odd. Yeah, and I, I'm and I'm not sure how to say it politically correct because she kind of reminds me of a really attractive trans gender guy maybe or something i, or... I kind of got you know I've, I've almost pushed play on this a handful of times and then i go to youtube and i watch the trailer and every time i'm like she, mm, she, uh, she makes my penis confused yeah like <laughs> ah kind of semi erect she kind of has a deep yeah. voice and then <laughs> oh. it's like just odd just odd not not ugly or, or anything like that just Unique, she, yeah. very unique look to her. Yes, uh, and the way that she was talking in the trailer, I was like, "This." I, that's why I haven't quite pushed play because I'm like, that, and it makes it seem like it's gory, but one of those where maybe it's probably all in the trailer and you're not going to see much. So if you're telling me that it's a bloody good time, then I'm yeah, it watch is. It. It, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, it, yeah. If you get, if you can get past her unique look. 
then okay. I think I think you'd like it. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's nothing that's going to be like wow, that's the best horror movie of of the year. But it was good. I liked it. I'm a, a I'm relative thumbs up from you on a yeah. horror blind. That's a, like a screaming jackpot for because yeah. everything. It seems like everything I give you just turns into a complete yeah. disaster. Yeah, and this thing here, it you could tell is very competently made, like well shot. It had a, a big budget, like that. That seems to me like it could have played at least in limited release uh, in theaters. Like it was not one of those cheapy Netflix come and gone. Yeah. You know, so yeah, but thumbs up. Cool, I liked it. Yeah, cool. That was, I'll that definitely was, that uh, was a good one. Uh, for me, I had the Divine Move, and I was going to do a bunch of research to make sure because I assume this is a Korean film. Uh, maybe you could look at that on IMDb for me while I'm reading the synopsis. Yep. Jailed seven years for a murder he didn't commit, a talented Go player, Go is a board game, uh, joins with a reclusive Go master to extract revenge on the real killers. And I I would put my money on this being Korean. Of South, uh, South Korean, yep. South Korean, okay. Yep. Beautiful. I was right. Um, 118 minutes, 2014 is when this came out. And have you ever played Go? I used to play it on the computer years and years ago, uh, but I haven't played it in years. Uh-uh. Um, okay, it's incredibly hard to explain, and I must have played a very simplified version of it on computer because they were playing at a master's level. You know, we're talking the difference between chess, uh, or checkers and chess, maybe. Like, I was just, oh, the white and blue and black stones, and you put some here and you capture some, and you put some here and capture some, and... If you saw a board, you might recognize it. Okay. Uh, tell you the truth. But anyway, this guy gets all caught up in this. Uh, he basically gets ripped off by his uh, loser brother-in-law, or brother. And he gets killed and and gets blamed for his brother's murder. And then he has to go to jail. And while in jail, everybody in this movie plays Go. Best way to explain it. And so he talks to the uh, people in charge or starts training the uh, the jailer in how to become a better Go player. And because of this, and the bad guys that he's teaching with, they teach him how to be a badass. That's all he wants in return? Teach me how to be a badass. Because he's just this nerdy little, like, chess player type, if you will. Uh, and they do. And I'm not going to tell you much more about the movie. Um, thumbs up? We'll get there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay. As we've discussed many many a time, when it comes to Asian films, but especially Korean films, uh, they have a certain uh, arc, and that is first act amazing, second act dog slow, third act usually wraps it up cool, but not quite as cool as you'd want, and overall tends a lot of times disappointing. That's our general perception, you and me. Um, I'm more forgiving of the Asian flicks. Huge thumbs up from me. Oh. I, I loved this movie. Huge thumbs wow. up. Wow. And let me tell you, as for every crappy horror movie that you're watching on Netflix, I'm diving on all these Korean movies. Yep. So for me to say <laughs> that this is a, like, you I, you got lucky on this one because I watch all of them. And I'm telling you, or, no, I watch the first 20, 30 minutes of all of them. And I can tell, oh, it's one of those flash in the pan, uh, the super shiny, and this is all going to take way too long, and I'm going to be, so I turn it off. This is one that from the get-go, the first act, I was like, yeah. Yeah, this is going to have to work hard to go downhill. This, Ooh. I would compare it to a, uh, think in the style of Old Boy, that kind of filmmaking. 
Ooh, it's nice. It's excellent filmmaking. It's shot beautifully. The characters are great. Uh, it's funny. It's thriller, but it's not like uh, it's not as hardcore as Old Boy. Old Boy is on another plane of hardcore. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Would this would bring this it back like... down? Bring it back down to normal thriller kind of Old Boy, and that's kind of what this is. It's almost a uh, uh, almost beat for beat of that in a way i mean there's a he just goes on rampages and just kicks the crap out of people and there is this is the most stabby movie i've probably ever seen in my life i mean everybody get the way that in john woo movies people get shot and they're fine people get stabbed in this movie and they're fine i mean just knives and blades and daggers and it's just stab 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 and they keep <laughs> fighting and they keep going you know um tor- some torture scenes that are pretty brutal uh now the other half of my review would you like it? I don't know. And I'm hesitant uh-huh. to go, you gotta watch this, because I don't know. It does drag a little bit in some parts, but I was never bored. It just has more character development and drama, and I enjoyed those parts, uh, even though I wish it would have gotten f- a little faster, because uh, the action was awesome. And I, Would you like it? I have no idea. I have totally two minds about it. You might watch it yeah. and love it, and you might watch it and hate it. I have no idea, but I huge thumbs up from me. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, was the was it a big budget? Like you felt big budget or? Yeah, yeah, I would say so for a thriller. Yeah, I mean it was shot tremendous. Wow. Uh, it, it looked great. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I dug everything about it. I'm impressed. Hmm? This was this was a good roulette. We both. Yes. Yes. Huge success and very random on on two things yeah. that I thought would be both failed. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and one other thing about my, um, about my nurse movie is, for those listening, is if you are somewhat offended by lots of nudity, this movie has a lot of nudity, just so you know. There's just a lot of, just, yeah, I'm just throwing that out there, because it, it's, it's more than, it's more than your average amount in, uh, in a type of movie like this, so. Right. Because it, it really, the movie really primarily deals with revenge and sex and that there you go that's the movie sex revenge revenge sex whatever <laughs> that's hilarious so uh oh there's something else i was gonna say about divine move but i don't i, I would be too spoilery i'm not gonna say it I, if you if you do watch it though come back to oh me, I, will. I i'm so curious if you'd like that or not i have no idea i'll tell you this much it's shot just fantastic I, is, I it, it uh, is it is gl- it as close to being as good as like something like bittersweet wife which i adore that's not a bad comparison. It's in that ballpark, but a little less dark, but not in a bad way. I say that in a good yeah. way. Like it's, the, the, it's brighter scenes. It's it's shot in. I keep bringing that up, but it's it's shot in such a way that things are a little more livelier and colorful than a lot of those South Korean thrillers. They tend to be so dark where you're just like, oh, I need a shower afterwards. But this is like a revenge thing, so you're rooting for the guy. And uh, it was just cool how he went in there and, they, and basically when when he said, "I want you guys to make me a badass," they're like, "All right," and they just started. Completely kicking the shit out of him. And that's all they did to him for four years. They just beat the crap out of him for four years. Until he just figured out, like, in that that scene in Wanted, where he just eventually Mm. had enough and stood up and started fighting back, and and that's what he did. But he had made a deal with them, so they weren't going to kill him. You know, it was, uh, we're going to teach you how to be hard, and they... That was, and then after that, he gets out of prison, and people started messing with this little dork, and he just whooped the shit out of him. <laughs> so uh, then, on top of that, he was a, a crazy, super smart go master, uh, which you know was just brilliant. Cool, good. Uh, well, wor- wor- worked for me all around. 
Uh, well, let's okay. see if we can. Well, let's see if we can have a double header of good movies. Uh, you know, that's never going to happen. Okay, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, you want me to go first? Or yeah, lay it on me. Yeah, let's see what what my options are. Oh, I, hey, like I say, I never know where it's going to take me, and this week's no different. It was all over the place. Uh, first up, this one was recently added. Since we're having so much luck on uh, Asian film, why not throw this one on there? A little longer than most, a little over two hours. Killers from 2014. Not rated. Okay. Uh, but it's got three stars. That's not bad. A serial killer and a journalist turned vigilante. Vigilante who post videos of their violent murders online, find themselves engaged in a chilling competition. So you got one guy that's a murderer uh, and a journalist who kills bad guys, and they both start videoing their murderers until they come head to head. I thought that sounded awesome, and, uh, well, it's just another one of those Asian films that I I try and plow through, because... I watch all of them. I, if I could even tell you how many uh, Korean films I watch that I turn off halfway through. Really? Oh, I, I'd give them all a chance. I'm sure you see them pop up on Netflix. I, I give them all a chance. Uh, next up is El Gringo from 2012. Ooh, I uh, thought about adding that one for you, but I didn't. I, I'm surprised you didn't. When a man carrying $2 million in cash is held hostage in an inhospitable Mexican pueblo, he's forced to fight his way out. And normally I wouldn't probably add this except Scott Atkins. And Ooh, Christian I didn't Slater. see that. I yeah, it's Scott Atkins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, officially that'll be the one to beat right there. Director Eduardo Rodriguez. Does that ring a bell? I don't know if that's anybody. Nope. Sometimes you know, know some of these people that I do not. Um, okay. Next we have, from 1977, The Island of Dr. Moreau, Director's Cut. A shipwrecked sailor washes up on a mysterious island that's inhabited by a mad scientist and the ghastly remains of his failed experiments. This is not the remake, the crappy remake, or whatever. You know what with Val Kilmer? It's not that one. Do Do you think that one's crappy? Um, well, I shouldn't say crap. I should say forgettable because yes. I've watched it about three times, and every time I'm like, "What was that about?" I kind of yeah. think I remember kind of liking it. It was weird, and then I watch it again, and it all floods back, and I'm like, "Oh yeah." The first half is good, and the second half is just and Brando's weird with his little yep. mini me. David Thewlis is in that. Eh, it just doesn't quite work for, for my book, but. Yeah. Turn that concept, that concept in a 1970s stance with all practical, uh, real, uh, that time period practical effects. I'm, I'm interested. Now we're talking, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I added that one. Um, okay. Next up we have, since I gave you a 70s, might as well give you an 80s. The Pope of Greenwich Village. Ooh. I've had this a, one on the queue for Mickey a while. Rourke? Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts and Daryl Hannah. After Charlie loses his job, his cousin Polly has a plan to steal 150000 and bet on a sure-to-win horse. Only the mafia changes the odds. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, 1980s Rourke thriller. That's usually pretty money. I like that stuff. And hmm. lastly, I have for you... And this is one that I've thought about throwing at you a few times, but I thought you had already seen it. Um, and I thought it looked good. I thought you said it was terrible, but I, apparently not. Uh, from 2012... Fail. It's T-H-A-L-E. 
Mm. While cleaning up a bloody crime scene, two buddies encounter a captive creature of Norwegian myth, a beautiful mute female with a tail. And, I, yeah, this is a Norwegian film, so I'm sure it's subtitled or badly dubbed. But the cover looks impossibly cool. Yeah, and I since know. I had since I've liked a lot of the, uh, well, the the last few movies from that region that I gave a try to, which would be like, um, Troll Hunter and that other what was that other one I just watched, uh, Ragnarok. I li- I enjoyed mm. both of those, so I was like, I'm gonna add this to my queue, and I thought I'd throw it your way if you, if you wanted something. Oh, also that Island of Doctor Moreau is listed under horror movies, so that would oh. But now, what's that rated? Is that uh... the Island Doctor Moreau? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Hang on, backing up. I was thinking it was R. PG. Oh. <laughs> uh, but 1977 PG. <laughs> yes, and that's always there is a difference. There is. Yeah. Burt Lancaster, Michael York, Nige- Nigel Davenport. Hmm. <laughs> Ninety nine okay. minutes on that one. Uh, there's that's five. If you want any more, that's a, no, no, no. That's list. a great list. Wow. Okay. Ooh, man. I mean, I sat and looked at that list, and I was like, I want to watch every single one of those. <laughs> oh, me too. Every one of those is. Um... Oh man, that Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh. that um, one's two I'm... hours. Scott Atkins wins this round uh, because <laughs> I I I enjoy so much of his stuff. Even if the movie is bad, he kicks so much ass that yeah. I can at least expect good action. Yeah. <laughs> so, El Gringo wins this round. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear you report back on that one. Yeah. But, uh, boy, you were all over the board on that one. I mean... Mm-hmm. It just that happened was, that way. I don't know why, but... That was a good spread. All okay. Right. Are Your you turn. ready? Um, yep. Now, the first one here, I'm a... I'm I'm hesitant to even give it to you because the reviews are bad, but it sounded way too intriguing for me not to at least throw your way just in the off chance that you might. And that is called... It's a documentary called Aliens on the Moon. Um, um, hold on one sec. The Truth Exposed. Yes. And now, the reviews on Netflix themselves, on there, it, it doesn't sound good. They hate it, but, you know... I think know. I watched half of this and turned it off. Because I thought it was just released. Or they just came out. like 2014. I don't know. I watched one thing that... Uh, derail for a sec. But I watched one thing that was a similar kind of concept of Aliens on the Moon. And it was such a hokey, uh, made-for-TV kind of thing. Where they're like, look, we, we can stare at the moon and we find these shapes... And they're sticking out of a crater. So, obviously, that is an oil canister. And you're like, what? No. You know what I mean? And look at this. Obviously, this is some sort of cannon. You know (laughs) what I mean? And and they would overlay the picture on top of it. And you're like, what? uh, Okay. I mean, it kind of just looks like (laughs) a thing sticking out there. But, no, no. Obviously, this is a cylinder of a... It was so hokey. And and then it has has that music. Dun, 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 dun you know, behind it yeah. where you're like, the te- yeah. okay, so clearly you're a reputable uh, documentary piece because you have yeah. to have the intensity. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So, dun, yeah, dun, and, and I, I actually, one, two, three, four, yeah, I've got plenty to choose from okay. here, so. Um, it probably won't be that one. Next up, yeah, I didn't think so, but 
Uh, next up is called uh, a movie called Out of the Dark. Just released on Netflix. Thought it looked okay. Um, got some name actors in it. Scott Speedman is in it. And um, Julia Stiles is in it. Stephen uh, Ray. That's good. Yeah. Um, gets pretty good reviews, I think. Uh, a young couple and their daughter relocate to a small town in Columbia to take over the wife's family business, but they're haunted in their new home. Um, so, because the cast is... is They're not A-list, but it's a decent cast, so I'm guessing they're it's like... They're known. So, they move I, the, at, at the very least, that's one that I'm sure I'm going to give that one a chance at some point. But they're haunted in their new home, and they're already dead, and... Oh, yeah, and, and I'm guessing it's going to be kids that are, yeah, but I'll watch it for sure. I mean, that's one I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it at some point, but... Yeah. Well, maybe you okay. can save me the trouble. Mm, we'll yeah. see. Okay, next up is Heatstroke from 2013. Ooh, that sounds uh, sexy. Stephen Dorff is in it, and that's the reason that I added it, because I really like Stephen Dorff. Me too. Um, when a scientist comes face-to-face with dangerous arms dealers on a family trip. His girlfriend is left to protect the man's teenage daughter, you see. Oh, you just you just love that, don't you? You just yeah. love giving me that. But yeah. Stephen Dorff, though... Wait I, a no, minute. That's, honestly, that's why I added it, because... I watched Dorf, the trailer for this movie. I'm pretty sure I posted the trailer for this movie, too. Oh, and? Do you remember... Uh, yeah, I remember it well. Obviously, I thought it looked like something, because I posted it. I usually don't post stuff that looks like crap. Uh, they were wandering in the desert and looking for water, and they're dying. I don't know. I, I don't remember every detail about it now, but I believe I posted that trailer. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'll think about ne- it. Next up is The Retrieval. Um, there it is. Uh, and this one here is a drama. In 1864, a young African-American boy is forced by a brutal bounty hunter to apprehend fellow slaves until his loyalties are tested by a new mission. I thought that the cover on Netflix, I think, looks great. I love the cover of that. And it it gets pretty good reviews. It's only an hour and a half. Um, So that one has potential, I think, to be possibly a gem in the rough. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Looks interesting. Hmm. Okay, two more. Next up is Hmm. Repentance. And this one here was one that I saw trailers for in the theater, and then it came and went. And it stars Forrest Whitaker, 2013, when his life coach ends their therapy sessions, an unhinged construction contractor takes his counselor captive and begins a ritual of torture. Oh, interesting. Um, But I remember seeing this, and I'm not sure if this actually did make it to the theaters then, but I remember seeing this uh, advertised in the theater. Oh, wow. I I don't recall ever hearing of it. Yep, it looks good. It looks, it it looked. I mean, it it doesn't look like you know high art, but it looked pretty good. And Forrest Whitaker's in it, so that's something. <laughs> Twitchy eye and all. Yeah, yeah. So there's that one. Now, last one. Yep. Is now here. This one here. I wanted to explain why I picked this one. <laughs> um, I'm giving you part three of a series. Uh, bring because, it, because I almost gave you part three or four of it. I, I okay. bet money what it's going to be right yeah. now. Kickboxer part yeah. three. There we go. There we go. <laughs> because last <laughs> night I watched part two, so I'm like, well, I obviously can't give you part two because I now have watched it. So I'm like, yeah. well, then I'm going to throw part three your way. 
So, Which and I'm guessing. This, and this I'm is guessing, the one with Sasha Mitchell. Oh God. Oh yeah, I'm trying, I gotta, I gotta see if I, if I have I watched this one. I so you've watched more than think. part one. Oh, I mean, I it's possible I've watched them all except for that oh, part really? five. I didn't, I didn't know that existed. Uh, it's very, I mean, if I haven't seen it, it's uh, if I have seen it, it's been long enough that it qualifies for the roulette. Okay, I'll bet you money I've seen it. I've seen it one through four. Um, and you, so you're you're. If that's the case, you probably watched them from Bob at Video Connection, I would guess, right? Or where else would you have watched those? There might have been a VHS box set at one time. Okay, because <laughs> that, that was back in the VHS. I mean, we're talking yeah. like early 90s no, right I, there. I, I think I rented that from Bob. Man, it's been so long. I, I, <laughs> I, can't, I can't not... Oh, do I do yeah. I do it? Because if I watch Kickboxer three, then I'm going to have to watch one, two, and four and five. Yep. Just, cause just trust me, because they're all on my list. <laughs> I know. Because oh, I'm like, okay, God. well, I've watched I've watched part one numerous times. I'm like, okay, I can skip that. I have that on Blu-ray. But I'm like, okay, well, two through five. Now I'm going to have to watch those. In fact, I was almost hoping you were going to give me one of those. Because, yep, I thought about it, but I couldn't remember which ones I had seen and hadn't. So <sighs> anyway, I, I'm like, I, I I'm think. Okay. Yeah, even I, I I'm not going to read the, the the synopsis. It's it's Kickboxer no, Part Three. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to take it. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. <laughs> I'm going to take it. At and the it very might least, just, it's it not might just be, be a full on Kickboxer week. I might start off with one one a week and just get them yeah. all done this week. Oh, I got to tell you, uh, Part Two, uh, it, it, and I can I'll get into it a little bit more later. But it wasn't bad. I. I mean, I'm a sucker for older movies. That's the one point. where, isn't that the one where Van Damme's character dies in the beginning? Yep. Yeah, and his brother then takes over, and yeah, yeah and his, oh yeah, yep, yeah, and, and it the, wasn't bad. It, it covered all the bases like it should have. It's not. Was great, it even Van Damme? Like they sh- they no, shoot huh, him no, they down should, in the should, rain outside of a bar. Yeah, no, it raining. wasn't him. It didn't even look like him. And they they made sure that there was blood on his face. But I'm like, that's yeah. not Van Damme. Like, uh, okay, <laughs> I got awesome. it. Yeah, so. Well, that this should be a good, oh, a good. El, El, you and I, we picked the lowest common denominator crap. Yes, yes. El Gringo and Kickboxer Three. Yes. Like, <laughs> there's no slavery dramas, uh, or yeah. for us, or or seventy, or even Pope of Greenwich Village. I mean, that one there at least has. That's a, a, I would guess considered a classic at this point, right? Uh, maybe, but that's I'm, I went through a while back and added a whole bunch of old. Uh, movies for uh, the whole filmography, pretty much from uh, what's his name. <sighs> I'm so tired of not being able to pull up names like I usually do. Uh, kids exhausted. Um, yeah, freaking the guy that stars in Greenwich Village, uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I, yeah. I was noticed that there was a whole bunch of them on Netflix, and I added a whole bunch of them. And then they've kind of been falling off here and there but that one popped back on and I was like okay I got to I got to get that checked off cuz yeah. him in the him in the 80s he was so big in the 80s Oh he was and It's I I want to watch more of that stuff cuz he's he's great back then And then his his I remember when he uh the, the downfall started was Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man That was Which, the beginning I liked that movie I liked that movie too But that was be- the beginning of of his clout going downhill fast and I don't get it I thought a good movie yeah I agree but I I recall it being a a renowned known as being a bad movie for one and then 
It's also weird, too. That was a different time where people could get typecast, and they're like, oh, it's Mickey Rourke, so it's going to be a mob thing or an action thing or a cop thing or a thriller, you know? Yeah. I, where, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like people get as typecast today as they used to back then. Uh, maybe it's because the internet or there's so much more access to these people playing different characters, you just don't automatically identify them with whoever. I mean, that may still yeah. fall to Mark Hamill and uh, being Luke Skywalker, but um, I don't know. When you got uh, people going, oh, he like Heath Ledger playing the Joker, and then you still don't, it's not like you automatically see Heath Ledger and you're like, Joker! No, he's not been, at all. St- yeah, or Christian Bale, Batman. Been yeah. enough stuff. You're not like Batman. Yeah. Maybe a no, little and, kid, but and Heath Ledger and even Leonardo DiCaprio could have been typecast when they got when they got started. I mean, with Titanic and even Heath Ledger with the uh, Knight's Tale movie. I saw with you in right. the theater actually, if I remember correctly. But that was <laughs> that was almost a could have been typecast as a good looking heartthrob type guy. I, I remember that. Well, but, if DiCaprio had kept doing rom commy type stuff, then yes. He would yeah. have been, but he immediately, after the Titanic, be- the next thing the he beach. went for was, well, the it was the beach, but before he did the beach, he was next up for American Psycho. Like, Ooh. for the longest time, he was going to do American Psycho, and then right at the end, they, him and Mary Heron, I, it wasn't gelling or something, and he went to do the beach instead, which caused a rift between Danny Boyle and Ian McGregor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because, that did. Yeah, yep. that... <laughs> And that's yep. funny. You know, what's interesting is I think DiCaprio now, especially just having watched Wolf of Wall Street, you know, not a half a year ago, is I think that he could pull off a great Patrick Bateman at this stage in his life. I think he would make a great Patrick Bateman. He would have DiCaprio. been great then. I was yeah, he super been great excited too, when, yeah. when, when, he yeah. was, when he was cast as that. I was like, that's perfect. That's yeah. going to smash that, that pretty boy uh, thing mm-hmm. all to dust. But for me... With him, the first thing I really, really remember him from was um, "What's Eating Gilbert Grape." Mm-hmm. So I, I like, I was associated him more with that. Like he's not just pretty boy Titanic; he can act his friggin' ass off. Yeah, and he proved that. It, it took some more after the beach. A few films after that, when he started hooking up with Scorsese, is when yep. he started getting respect. Yep, which is awesome. And I think that's great people like you and me were sitting there going, "Told you." <laughs> yeah, because even in Titanic, even in Titanic, I could tell like that guy's a good actor, and and I know he was already at that point he was kind of a heartthrob type thing. But I'm like, even then, I'm like, the Caprio was really good in that movie, and I'm so glad that he went the route that he did with the beach and and then like you said with Scorsese, and now he's my favorite actor. He's my favorite actor working today. And he's, he's had definitely been up there, and he yeah. can write his own ticket. He he is in whatever he wants. Yeah, more and isn't that less. great? I I love that. Yeah. I think that's great. There were rumors going around for a while there. Like I believe his production company currently has the rights to uh, Akira, and they're, oh. they've been the ones who've been trying to kick that off. There was rumors swirling. I mean, there have been people on and off that project mm-hmm. so much now that you're at the point of I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But, for a while there, there was rumor that they were going to set it, instead of high school, they were going to set it in college and have, uh, which makes more sense for a live action. Uh, and it was going to be um, DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Ooh. Canada and Tetsuo. And I was just like, oh my God, that's, that's <laughs> if, you, if you have to whitewash that movie, that's the way to go. I, of course, 
wish they'd do it with Japanese actors in Neo Tokyo. They were talking about Neo Manhattan. They're going to set it in New York. But that I'm okay with been, that. I think that would be, you know. It's not that big a deal if you're going to totally change it, I guess. But I, yeah, I'd be fine with Neo Tokyo. You know me, though. I, I love that movie, so. Yeah. No, that's, I, I think that that would, I wonder if it actually will happen. Because that is one kind of like um, the Gunslinger uh, series. It just—it seems like it's always going to get made, always going, and then it just doesn't. Just something—it's—it's, it's, and something. Uh, Stephen King's It and The Stand. I was actually oh, talking about I know. that with the neighbors. The neighbors around the campfire tonight—they were like, "What's going on with this?" And so I was telling them about, um, uh, what was it? It was uh, not The Stand. Which one just folded? It. It just folded. And Which that is was so gonna... sad. So sad. It is, but the stories around it are weird. I, again, this I don't know that any of this is true, but uh, the story is the director changed his... They were only a few weeks away from filming, mm-hmm. and the director told him he wants $200 million to do... Not not for him personally, but he wants the budget to be $200 million. He's going to need that to make this movie. All right, I heard they were a, doing that's a big budget. That's two, big. They, I heard they were doing two movies. They were yeah, going to split it into that. two movies, and it was going to be $200 million budget. That's astronomical. For that, for a horror, yeah, for a, for a for horror, a, grizz, a grizzly horror movie. That's you're talking that those should be like 30, 40 each. You're not talking yeah. huge, giant special effects. Yeah. I yeah, mean, we both read the book. We both read yeah. the book, and I don't. I don't. Where's your your biggest special effects? Is the end maybe in set pieces? Yeah, uh, and I don't know. It was just sort of insane. And then my buddy was uh, randomly. It was like, well, did. We were talking about uh, Showtime and HBO and the TV that they produced. And he's like, have you seen True Detective? And I was like, that's the guy. It was the True Detective yes. guy that yeah. was making it and that folded. And then new news came out about uh, The Stand. Um, there are rumors swirling about that yet again. That thing's been going on forever. Yeah, uh, now, that one there, I could see that one having a budget of $200 million and making that. like I mean, that's that's huge. I, that's, I could see where dude, they could spend massive, money on that. But that's a massive budget. I mean, yeah. and, and we're, uh, where are the special effects in the stand? I guess, I mm. granted, I ha- I know it most from uh, the miniseries that was already out. But, yeah. I mean, they did an eight-hour miniseries, and they didn't need special effects, and I got the point across. That yeah. thing probably cost, what, 10 or 20? Yeah. I, I mean, you could do a lot with that thing. But supposedly the story is now that it's going to be split into maybe a trilogy of films and that there's going to be an eight episode showtime series leading up to the trilogy or oh. I don't even know. I don't even of know the, how many of, movies of yet. the stand of the stand. Yeah. There's so there's going to be an eight part mini series on showtime and then huh. the movie or movies or whatever. See, but you know what? I, Again, I pers- I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. This, is, this shit keeps coming up and it keeps folding. Yeah. You know, here's the thing though. I think like, I would love to see those on the big screen, but with what they're doing with TV drama, with Game of Thrones and True Detective, it's like, make that into an, a kick-ass, uh, two-season-long, huge, sprawling epic, uh, The Stand. And even it, it is, it, there's so much going on there, you could make that into one full 10 or 12 hour-long episode thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it would be great, but for the, especially for it, it's the first half of the movie is flashbacks of the kids, and the second half is adults facing the clown thing, and so it's like, yeah. you're right, two hundred million bucks—that's overkill, in my opinion. 
Big time. Um, I mean, yeah. splitting it into two movies is a fine idea. I don't have a problem with that because they, they need to get more of that stuff in there from the book. Um, yeah. But two hundred. I mean, what's a what's a budget of a horror film these days? Eight, Not ten, that. fifteen yeah. tops. Uh, now, yeah. granted, that would have a bigger cast. Uh, I don't. Yeah, you can't you don't do even need thirty each. Thirty yeah, each movie. Thirty. You can't do that. And you don't. Need, you don't need a list actors for that either. You don't need uh, top top tier actors in my opinion they just good good actors i don't know that's, that's no i, that's, I agree that's and i think i think eventually you're gonna see more of that where it's like okay now it's time for the stand uh the showtime presents the stand it's rated r and it's here's 10 yeah. it's 10 parts yeah but, that'd but be look fun. at like that'd be sweet yeah, look look at game of thrones there's no big huge a-list actors on that fantastic show uh i mean peter dinklage because of that show is now a lister but yeah they're the acting is great on that show true detective obviously they had mcconaughey and uh and woody harrelson but so those are more a-list actors but you can still get great talent and not have to pay 20 million bucks yeah pop for you know but no but no nobody's gonna argue with you that uh, tv is going the way of movies these days and it's you're absolutely right that's the best way to go about it is to they should be making like a season of it on an HBO or a Showtime or something where they don't have to do commercials, because yeah. uh, you know, the, like they talked about with that Daredevil show, how you could, excuse me, you can write a whole uh, episode arc of these characters without having to. Oh, five minutes in, we're going to need a commercial break, so we need a little excitement right before that, and then we'll come back to it after the break. Yeah, uh, that makes the whole episode way more streamlined. Yeah, it's you can. Yeah. Do this, and you don't have to yeah. do it so expensive for yeah. crying even, out loud. <laughs> even getting away from Showtime. Speaking of Netflix, it's like Netflix could do this. Netflix is to me. Netflix is almost top dog with high quality TV shows right now because Daredevil was fantastic, and they're was. they've got great award winning shows right now. So I I would love to see Netflix pony up the cash and make some of these King adaptions and make them hey. good. I think you're going to start seeing more of that. The only reason that they're not is because these other people have the rights to it. Obviously, yeah. if Showtime's involved with the stand, then somebody at Showtime is involved with the rights. And yeah. at it, with it, I don't even know who has the rights, but uh, some movie company, obviously. Uh, yeah. so, but I think you're going to start seeing more of that. I wish that they would option uh, a few more things. And you know what? We don't know what they got going on behind the scenes. They just did that huge thing with Marvel for four shows and now they're talking about even more marvel shows like there's going to be a punisher show and, oh, and wow you know <laughs> stuff like that where i'm like go man i mean this daredevil thing is lit a fire for them and yeah i hope they keep going but you know while we're sitting here going make uh, make these other fantasy novels that i like and make stephen king and <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like uh we're making five shows at the same time with just mm -hmm. marvel uh, maybe cut us a little slack, <laughs> yeah. Because that's got to be a ton of money. But uh, yeah. at any rate, you're going to start seeing more of it. HBO is now doing that HBO Go thing. I keep having people ask me, "When is Game of Thrones going to be on Netflix?" Uh, never, never, ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's on HB HBO Go. <laughs> yep, HBO uh, and Blu-ray and DVD. Enjoy. There you go. Yep. And they're like, <laughs> "Well, how do you watch it?" And I said, well, "I got friends that are obsessed with it. They buy yeah, it the I, second it comes out. I get it about three days later. It's yeah. awesome." Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just waiting. I'm like, "Oh, it's this this season," and I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray, and then I'm going to binge watch it. I mean, it's going to be all done in one week. 
That's the way that we do it, and it's yep. uh, like Walking Dead. Uh, you can watch those episodes on AMC's website, perfectly legit, for free, uh, the day after they air. Not us. I, I don't want to wait a week to see the next episode. Yeah. Uh, we wait. That It'll be on Netflix next year, and we'll and watch it all in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, should we, right. yeah, speaking, of, speaking of King, I, I wouldn't mind hitting on a couple of the books real quick. Sure, let's do the book uh, stuff right now and then okay. uh, do recently watch later. Okay. So, um, well, if you want me to start real quick, I'll, yeah, I just want to it. hit on uh, the one that I'm reading currently, and that is uh, uh, his, his, I don't want to call it an autobiography book, because it's not that, but it's called On Writing. And uh, it's basically... A little bit of his life story coupled with how he writes and what he advice he's giving writers. I'm not a writer at all, at all, but I'm, I, it, I can't, it, it's so fascinating uh, how he comes up with stuff and what works and what doesn't work and what makes a good writer and what makes a mediocre writer and what makes a poor writer. Uh, and it's just cool to see like different stages of his life and what, he went through to get to Bag of Bones, or what he went through to, you know, that he was he was so drunk writing Cujo that he doesn't remember writing it. He doesn't remember writing Cujo, and it's like that's a great book, and it's so it's 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 just interesting to see the different phases of this man's life because I'm, like I've said before, I'm reading all of Stephen King's books, and it's cool to see the the different the, the transitions in his life and after his car accident which he addresses in this book when someone hit him, uh, how that changed his writing style almost a little bit with what happened there. So, mm-hmm. great book. And highly recommend it to you, especially because you are a writer. I am not. And I love the book. So I can just imagine what you would think of it. Sure. I'll definitely keep an eye out for it and try and pick it up. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, for me, I am still reading Rendezvous with Rama. I, I know everybody out there is like, it's like 250 pages. What has taken you so long? I don't have a lot of time to sit and read. <laughs> it does not come up a lot, and especially since we're into summertime and work is tripled. Um, not uh, The first thing that gets cut is the reading time, unfortunately. But I am still buying books uh, whenever I can and trading them in as I see fit to get more credit, to get more books. And I'm especially on a kick right now of like 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s um, science fiction from from classic authors uh this one i picked up not uh, this week from robert heinlein and the cover the cover really grabbed me because i love the uh it has that kind of i I don't know i gotta look at the date on this thing because i'm probably saying 70s and it's you know like jurassic park last episode where (laughs) i'm like (laughs) jurassic park came out that okay copyright 1957 so 50s uh, Robert Heinlein's The Door into Summer, but the cover that really grabbed cover me. Is great. Because it's just <laughs> so of that time, you know? And uh, plot synopsis here. On the enlightened planet Earth, it is no longer necessary to kill an enemy to get rid of him. It's just a matter of the long sleep, a freezing process that keeps him in a suspended animation for as long as necessary a month, a year, or a century. This is a story of a victim of the long sleep, who, uh, a man who wakes in the future bent on revenge and finds himself trapped by the passage of time. Um, and I guess what it also said here that uh, he wakes up... I love this, my favorite, of being a sci-fi dork. This is my favorite thing ever. When he awakes in the far future, in the year 2000 A.D., <laughs> 
That dun, always dun, kills dun. me. <laughs> that always kills me, and I absolutely <laughs> love that. When I see that in the, the old black and white sci-fi movies, and they're blasting off in their rocket ship, and it says, in the future, in the year 1984, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the inventor makes a startling discovery. He learns that it is possible now to twist time forwards or backwards. So he returns to the past, bent on a mission of revenge. And one of my favorite things... Yeah, 159 pages. I enjoy me a short book. Uh, there you go. Easier for me to get get through them. I know you love the, the huge King books, and I read the majority of those in high school because I was yeah. so bored, uh, and I had study halls and lunches, and if I had my face shoved in a book, there was less chance of me getting uh, punched in the face. So <laughs> I minded my own business and read a lot of thousand page books then unfortunately yeah. now with kids it's just not in the cards but these yeah. i i just cannot pass up books that look like this and usually i can get them for a buck or two uh which is the best part yeah yeah now some of the king books that i'm reading are on audiobook so just so you know it's they're not all oh, it's and I, I'm not a stickler like, oh, your eyes did not translate the actual text, therefore you did yeah. not read it. Screw that. Yeah. The audiobook is just, as long as it's not the abridged. No, get, never, don't, never, don't, never. I, I don't float with any of that, but yeah. Uh, yeah. audiobook, audio that's, that's the novel. Yeah. I don't care. There is some, in some instances, I think that the audiobook would probably be, be better than the novel itself, mainly because of the narrator of the book. For example, Dolores Claiborne. Uh, I'm not sure who narrated that or who read that book. Uh, it, was a, it was an older woman, mm. and it, it made the book. It truly it, it changed how I saw the story, how my mind saw the story. Hearing this old woman's voice telling the story, it was, it was fant- fantastic. Um, Kathy Bates reads, uh, reads Misery, which that was really cool. King, actually, uh, the on writing book, uh, King actually narrates that one, or he reads that one. So it's mm. cool to hear King's own voice. Uh, so, and I don't, I mean, some of them I'm actually, I actually read the actual books, then other ones I do the audiobook, and so some of them aren't quite as good. In fact, um, I'm not going to lie here, the uh, Insomnia, I only made it through about a third of that book, and uh, I had, I was listening to the audiobook of that one, and I, I didn't like the guy at all. And he was just and that can kill it for you. You might want yeah. to give that no- actual novel a try if that's the case. Because I li- I'm on the road all day for my job. I listen to a ton of audiobooks, and yeah. a lot of them. Uh, it got to a point where it's like I I can't really afford as many as I would burn through because I'm on the road all day long. Uh, yeah. I-, I could listen to one a day. Because they I don't, get expensive. I, yeah, yeah, I don't have the budget for that. There's only so many used ones you can find. Um, but I found, uh, what is it, LibriVox uh, Recordings, I believe, on the web. It's free. They they only do uh, books that are um, in the public domain. Okay. And all of the audio files are read by uh, donors. There are people, you and me, can sit down, read a chapter of a book, and post it. And if it's good enough, they'll put it out there. Um, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, super cool, because it's totally legal. It's totally legit. Yeah. I've done a lot of them, but let me tell you. Um, if you're doing volunteer work of this type, <sighs> some of them are hard to get through, but some of them are, uh, did quite well and, you know, the, quite acceptable. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, but I completely understand what you're talking about because I've read, I, I've listened to professional ones where it's like, I want 
to stab whoever is reading this thing because it's yeah. so you're, you're the cure for insomnia. Like, have a cup of coffee or something, dude. Like, yeah. you're, come on, you're not supposed to be putting me to sleep. And that's um, what happened with insomnia of all books. It yeah. was the reader was a, a bit of an older man, and I think they they probably picked him because the story revolves around an older man that's going through insomnia and and, yeah. and like oh, it's just. Droning and blah 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 blah. I'm like, oh no no. Is... When it when you when it's droning, I'm out. It's, yeah, I'm out. You yeah. can't you cannot have that with any yeah. book. Um, I have there is a company. I'm trying to see. Dang it, I can't I can't remember what it's called. But um, their their slogan is a uh, movie for your mind, and uh, the audiobooks they put out are the absolute peak of audiobooks. Um, they they also do a lot of uh, comic book related graphic novel stuff and, and okay. they're usually six disc fourteen hours, uh, but it's it's all like then Batman said this and then they have a different voice actor for that and they have sound effects and score oh, cool. and stuff like that so it really is a movie for you like you're listening to it and it's like okay I know that's Batman talking because it's and then I know that's Green Lantern because he made a joke and that's Superman because he sounds like the all-American boy yeah and, <laughs> uh, stuff like that but uh, if you ever I'll look that up and uh, I, I, I've got a half a dozen of them and they're like 20 bucks a pop and they're worth it because it's it's comic books but they they put so much effort into the uh uh, the production, um, yeah, that it, it totally kills. And I know that they do some other stuff, and I haven't tried any of their other stuff because uh, <laughs> when you got comic books on 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 the deck, it's sort of like, ooh, ooh, ooh I'm taking that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if that's something you're remotely into, I've I've oh, got about yeah. half a half a dozen of them for you to borrow. And uh, another thing I wanted to touch on while we're talking about audiobooks, this last time I was at the library for uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. Notice the sign hanging up that they do digital uh, digital download of some sort for audiobooks. Yet oh. another reason for you... I've been trying to get you to go to your local library. Yet another reason for you to get your butt over there. Uh, because it's a rental type thing where you check it out digitally, and then you have it, and then as you listen to it, it returns, or you can only listen to it once, and then it's gone, or something like that. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So instead of spending all the money uh, to own oh, it, wow. get it for, you know, download it. Even if you're only listening to it once, how many times are you going to listen to it? I mean, you listen yeah. to uh, these audiobooks. I mean, the comic book ones I'll listen to over and over, but, uh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, the other ones, give me a break. Yeah. And now, yeah, and speaking of the other ones, um, yeah, because rarely for, for big novels, I rarely uh, revisit. Mm. Now, because I am reading all the King, uh, how I'm reading all the King books, I did reread The Shining, which I actually wanted to touch on this the last episode, but we didn't have time. But just real quick, I wanted to touch on The Shining, because I reread The Shining, because it's my, well, it's, the movie is the movie, the, the, the Kubrick version. Well, yeah. I read King's book back in, if not high school, it was shortly after high school I read the book, because I love the movie. And I remember liking the book back then, I'm like, okay, I should reread the book now, because the movie's so good, and... This is one instance where, and this is rare, but that is one instance where uh, the movie, Kubrick's movie, is significantly better than the book, in my opinion. Um, and not not saying the book isn't good; it's good, but but it's Kubrick's version is is on a whole another level of 
of it's not just a, a cool ghost story book it's on its own level and so rarely do I say that the movie is way better than the book the movie is way better than King's book in hey, my, it's, in it's my very opinion. rare but it happens uh, The Shining is one that I actually haven't read um, but I do have because I am going to have every King movie in my library uh, no matter how bad they are <laughs> I do have the um, miniseries that... Uh, did he direct it? It was supposed to be no, the more faithful... No, I think that was Mick Garris. Mick Garris again, yeah. yeah. Ugh, but but yeah. King was on... Oh, I remember watching the behind the scenes, and King was there on set a lot. And he was script supervisor or something. Ugh. But that was the translation of his book, because he does not like the Stanley Kubrick version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so instead you get really stupid-looking hedge animals and... Well, uh, I have a that cro- a crow came out instead of an axe. Uh, it's it's <laughs> how, all in the book. It's, how, it's all how there. accurate is the miniseries to that? It's very accurate. It is like okay. now it's cheesy, but the book is of course way better. But um, but I'm used to Jack Nicholson, and I'm used to the actors. But looking at it coldly, like if you had to eliminate that version from your mind and just watch that miniseries or read that book. Is it, um, it, it just not that just not that scary? Because it like the miniseries, as I recall, wasn't that scary. And it's no. with him and in the, people, him in the basement yeah, people, with a heater all the time. Yeah, uh, him. Honestly, like reading the book, I wasn't. I'm like, this isn't that scary. The movie, I just rewatched the movie. Terrifying. I still yeah. think that movie is one of the scarier movies. But the book, like, yeah, in the the furnace room or whatever, and then the wasps, and it's and, just it all seems like it's all too on the nose. Like he's like. Feeding you Indian burial ground, Indian burial yes, ground. Yes, yeah, and it's yeah. not like that in the book, and I love that, or the movie, I'm sorry, it's not like that in the movie at all. In Kubrick's yeah. movie, it's very subliminally put in yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's there in the background, and you're like, yeah. you can feel it. It just yeah. has a feel. Yeah. yeah, and here it's, oh, yeah, and the Indians, and... This is uh, why This is why writers, directors, uh, the mediums should not always, don't cross the streams. Don't yeah. cross the streams. Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but even uh, even even the uh, the corpse in room. Well, in the, in King's book two one seven in Kubrick's it's two three seven. But yeah, it, the the woman in the room is a bit over explained in the book, to where it's like okay now it's not just some crazy weird random disgusting old hag woman. Yeah. Now it's oh her here's her slight backstory. I'm like I don't care. That's making it not scary to me. He writes it's, too much. It, when when yeah. you read enough of him, you realize he writes a little too much. And some, yeah. some he really nails it, like It and The Stand. and He nails um, it. He, yeah. The ones that we love the most. Uh, yeah. But there are other ones where it's just, uh, what does he even say? You have to, if you're going to be a writer, you've got to write 13 pages a day or whatever it may be. Oh, yeah. It's he, sort of like, dude, I don't need to know every single word of everybody's life and history. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, which, which is, I love him, but he is in desperate need of an editor. Some of them, but the cell. <laughs> the, did you talk about this? I don't think you talked about the cell. I didn't, but I, I but I read that and, and I liked it. I liked the book. I liked the storyline. But it, that was it. Almost felt like that was King on autopilot. Just okay. Here's my zombie story. It was. It, it started with a bang. I, I was like, oh man, this and is the third act. This is, is good. The first and third acts were great. It just that oh, second that one. middle. Oh, <laughs> just like 
Oh, I talked go. about it. I talked about it ad nauseum on this show. Where I was like, yeah. "There's about 200 pages in there where you're like, oh my god." <laughs> yeah, that would have made a fantastic novella, like kind of like the Running Man or <laughs> or yeah, this 150 page high yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. It's like, come on, let's go. Okay, we get it. It's being transferred through the phones, and no, now they're at a camp with the uh. took forever. But in in his defense. That's the kind of thing that, uh, like, that's the kind of book that I think would make a better movie. Because yeah. you can kind of speed through a couple of those scenes, and that would make a very decent, if not uh, kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say cliche thriller, but I, there were a couple yeah. parts in that book that really scared the crap out of me yeah. with a, with Harvard yeah. shirt ghost guy. Uh, that, you know what I mean? There, there were a couple of scenes oh, yeah. in that book that were really scary. Yeah. Uh, well, well, and even when that book was written, smartphones were not as prevalent as they are now. Mm-hmm. And and now, it, it just it, I think that now, all the more people have phones. Even before, like that, that was written in 2007, I believe. Yeah. Well, this is 2015, and it's like everybody has a smartphone, it seems. So, and everything revolves around this signal that go, gets transferred transferred through the phones and I, th- it's a good idea a really good idea and there's wait a great minute. now that I'm thinking about it they they never resolved that story did they not really no the, I mean, they never kind of, they never told you where the signal came from no in a roundabout way I mean they fixed the issue kind of it yeah, basically, they fixed the issue but they never told you they never wrapped it up like where, yeah. like they had all these. Was, they spent half the, the, that whole two hundred pages were there at the school campus debating what it could be. Yeah, is it the Russians? Is it this? Is it AI? Yeah. Is it? They never. Did, am I forgetting it? Was there any? Resolution? No, 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 no. I don't okay. think so. Because wow. now I will say the book That's is weak. somewhat forgettable. Like there was so much. Like come on, <laughs> that I get the I got the whole gist of it, and I liked some of the characters. But yeah, it's that was one of his more, like, second tier, like, it's not a terrible book, worth reading once, but I won't revisit, but you're right, it would make a pretty good movie, I love the idea of cell phones making people crazy, I think yeah. that's a great idea, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, we'll but, see, yeah. starring John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson, coming out, uh, here we go, in the next year or so, yeah, I've I do seen... hope that they really play on the whole smartphone thing, because the, the story is, is ripe there for I don't know that, that they are. I think they're they're dating it uh, in '90s or something because it, that was more around flip phone time. Yeah, it was. I yep. don't know. Yeah. Okay, let's move into recently watched. We're getting carried yep. away. Uh, this, yeah. but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but we're yeah. r- running on to an hour, so let's. Uh, yeah. r- I've got a lot to get to with recently okay. watched, and we're probably not going to have any time for a rabbit hole. But that's fine. Uh, Recently watched. Uh, last week, uh, last episode, I teased a couple. I'm going to touch on them real quick. We'll just do a couple back-to-backs here. Uh, I can burn through them quicker. Doomsday from Neil Marshall, the director of Dog Soldiers. And then he went on to wreck. Uh, to wreck. Yes, it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Pretty much, actually, yeah. <laughs> a complete wreck. And what a frustrating, frustrating film. Hadn't seen it since the theater, and now revisiting it, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. First third, you're like, I'm on board. This is kind of cool. We got some kind of Resident Evil and Plague and Virus and and badassness here and there. And 
then it just all pew, starts to fall apart. Um, oh, I, you know, even to try and break down the faults of this film, it would just take an entire episode. And I hate to be that guy, especially on a director that I like, uh, but it, just glaring, glaring flaws, like, in the third act, uh, this is just one that really nags me. One of a thousand of these types of flaws. Um, they make a big deal in the third act when she gets into this car, this sports car, and is tearing ass through post-apocalyptic, uh, before they even go full Mad Max ripoff. Um, and a guy grabs a pickaxe and slams it into the windshield, trying to get at him. And then they go driving on, and two minutes later, the windshield's fixed. Like, you just had a whole scene around this pickaxe coming through the windshield, and then it's fixed. And it's like, that is so stupid. Like, that's so sci-fi channel, original, low budget. Like, that's bottom shelf, dude. Like, you're making mistakes. Like, that ain't even close to a, oh, I can see that that slipped under the radar. Yeah. You had a whole scene around it. What the hell? Uh, if you like yeah. that, times ten, that's what the rest of the two-thirds of this movie was like. It was just mistakes and crap like that and total Road Warrior ripoff that didn't work at all. Uh, yeah. Mega thumbs down on that one. And next I watched, uh, also tease this one, uh, David Ayer's Fury. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, hmm, I, I should recap things I've said about David Ayer. Uh, every movie he's made I have not liked, except for... Um, damn it! What was the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, that was his best one. That um, was his best one, in my opinion, and that was still kind of like. Uh, what was that called? Uh, he wrote. Okay, David Ayer wrote Training Day, but he's also made Street Kings with Keanu Reeves, and he's made he's made all these movies that just that one with Christian Bale was just god awful, terrible. I mean, god awful. Uh. uh <laughs> that one with Jake and, Gyllenhaal. Oh, and, end, end of, of Watch. watch. Yeah. End of Watch, yeah. That, I think, was his that, best film. That was pretty good, and that was a pretty good movie. I that hated a, the ending, but that was a good movie. Same exact review here. The, hated the ending, but everything else, that was good. Um, yeah. So I went into Fury with some, uh, with expectations tempered, plus your reviews yep. and Steven's reviews and blah, 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 uh, where you guys were all pretty much kind of thumbs down. You were kind of wavery to thumbs down. Um, you know... As far as a David Ayer movie goes, that was pretty good. I was expecting a hell of a lot worse. Let's put it that way. I'm not like going mega thumbs up or anything even close to that. I, I will probably give this movie like a six, which yeah, is that's... which is kind of passing. Yeah, uh, no, that's that's but good. I'll tell you what. All the way through, I was like, I'm kind of surprised. I kind of dig this movie. It has its issues along the way, and it has some problems. It's not perfect. Um, I. I kind of see what you were saying about it's being three movies smashed into one, but at the same time, a lot of war movies kind of do that because it's a journey and you're following uh, either your characters or, in this case, a tank team. And, uh, like, even in Saving Private Ryan, you could argue that because you got the Storming the Beach movie and then you got the We're Traveling Across the Country movie and then you have the introverted It's About Feelings in the third act. You could argue yeah. the same thing with that. and uh, So that's kind of a war movie thing. Uh, 
I don't know, I maybe I'm sounding too forgiving of it, but it gave me a smidgen of hope for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, this was not a total cluster F. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, Sabotage was. I def- Oh, did he make that too? Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. That I, was okay. so bad. I don't know. That was so bad. I don't know, I only watched 20 minutes. I, I defy you. <laughs> I defy you to get through that Christian Bale movie. I, What's it called? I don't even remember, but it, he's a drug addict, <laughs> ex-military or something, and he's trying to pass drug tests by uh, squeeze-bottling uh, vinegar into his pecker hole before it, before a drug test. And, it, dude, I... Oh, my Inc- God. Christian was, Bale was in this thing? Christian Bale, Yes. Yes. Oh my okay. God. I, I, now I got to find out what that movie was. I, 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 I blind bought that thing. That was one of those uh, buy one get four free. Uh, where I was like, ah, I'll pick that up. Horrible. Horrible. Was did it get a theatrical release? I believe so. Yeah, maybe Ooh. just limited. I'll look. I'll look okay. it up. Uh, but those okay. are two for me that I had teased last time, so I won't touch on those. Go okay. ahead and give me uh, one or two or whatever. Okay, um, I'm going to touch on one of my all-time, and this is digging into soft underbelly material here, but I still, it's one of my favorite movies, and I'm going to touch on it here because I've watched all the special features as well, and that is Grindhouse releases, uh, they just brought it out on Blu-ray, Cannibal Ferox. Uh, one of the quasi-essential... Uh, <laughs> Quasi essential. That's okay. It's, it it yeah. works. We're, we're mixing. <laughs> it, it works for uh, this. Yeah, it works for uh, what I'm trying to go for here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I approve of it, this word. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, this is truly if if you are interested in what Grindhouse was in the early '80s and late '70s, this is the pinnacle of what Grindhouse was. Uh, if if Pieces was the uh, Grindhouse slasher, then Cannibal Ferox is the uh, Italian Cannibal Grindhouse, if that makes sense. Yeah. Something something about this movie is, even even beyond uh, Cannibal Holocaust, directed by Ruggiero Diodato, which was technically a better made movie, um, that's kind of that, that was kind of the first uh, Holocaust was kind of the first found footage quote unquote movie. Mm. Um, in fact, I think I consider Blair Witch Project got a lot of its ideas from Cannibal Holocaust. Right. Um, and and, it, and and Holocaust works extremely well as a found footage movie. It like you really feel like this is a found footage movie. Uh, Ferox, on the other hand, is complete and total one hundred percent exploitation. Through and through. Is that the one where they and, were... I, I watched half of one of these at your house. Was this the one where they were uh, uh, chopping heads off the giant tortoise turtle thing? Uh, they do that, that in this movie, yes. Was that Holocaust <laughs> or Pharaoh? I think that... Actually, I think both... Actually, that happens in both of the movies. <laughs> Don't yes. make me watch these movies again. You can't threaten oh, me. <laughs> Ferox, Ferox is so good. I, I, I'll never forget the first time I watched uh, Ferox was on... When it was known as in the states, known as "Make Them Die Slowly," yeah, and and Video Connection had the big box version of it, and I will never forget. I, I'm like that cover has is way too good to be is, true, uh, way too good. Which which one is the one with the the women on spikes? That was uh, Holocaust. Holocaust. 
Yes. I think that's the one that I watched half yeah. of. Ferox is uh, this this small band of Italians goes into the Amazon jungle to discredit the proof of the existence of cannibals. And bad, bad, <laughs> bad like things the... happen. <laughs> that is like the worst idea of all time. That's like, yes. that's up there with the... What was the one where they, they go into the insane asylum to prove there's no grave encounters? Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to take... We're going to try and make a... We're going to try to make a TV sure. show. Yes. They weren't a TV show going to make another episode. It was, we're going to sell this as a TV show. Yes. We'll go yeah. find uh, uh, ghosts in a haunted insane asylum. And I'm sitting there going... I would never do that in my life, but I'm not yeah. stupid. Great entertainment. Yep. Anyway, Cannibal. Well, <laughs> what makes this movie so cool, here's what makes this, and, and Cannibal Holocaust as well. Um, and you might think, okay, with a title like that, these are just super cheesy Italian movies. It, yeah. But you can tell, <laughs> they were in the Amazon. Uh, hardcore in the Amazon. And watching the special features, the things that they did to get the footage that they got is... It's incredible, and it, it these movies could not be made today. There's no way these movies could be made today like they were back then. Uh, and it's just interesting watching the special features on the Blu-ray. Uh, Giovanni Lombardo uh, release, which I think he is he's one of my favorite Italian genre actors. He was in uh, Fulci's uh, City of the Living Dead and Stage Fright, and okay. uh, he, yeah, but. Uh, he hates the director of Cannibal Ferox, Umberto Lenzi, because Lenzi was killing real animals. Like, he was making people kill real animals on this yeah. movie. And he, and he and they're watching the special features. The director tries to explain, like, well, but the natives were eating these animals anyway. But I'm like, oh, but you're, like, stabbing little pigs to death on camera. Like, brutal, horrifically. Yeah. And it's, it's just, they don't make this type of movie anymore. Well, there is something different. I mean, we know that uh, uh, pigs and chickens and cows, they all get slaughtered by the thousands daily in this world uh, to feed people. Uh, And yet, there's something uh, so perverse about filming it for entertainment. It is! It's so weird, because it's it's filmed for entertainment purposes, and it's so hardcore, but um, this is... uh, I, I would recommend... Anybody that's willing to take a chance on something extreme. This is extreme cinema here, but I think that it is very well, like, it's Grindhouse, but it's really in the Amazon, and it's almost, it almost feels kind of like, not documentary, but just, it, you get that feeling that it's something that you will never see in yeah. this day and age. And I know Eli Roth made, uh, made Green Inferno, which is coming out soon, uh, which is paying homage to Ferox and Holocaust, but I cannot imagine it's going to be anything like these old-school Grindhouse movies. Yeah, you just can't even get that feel. Even if you know it's slightly fake, it's sort of like, well, <laughs> it's yeah, not the same. So, anyway, uh, the movie I, I was trying to find the topic, or the title of, was uh, Harsh Times from 2005. Uh, you remember that one at all? Christian Bale, I, yeah, Eva Longoria, Freddy Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, you should give that one a spin sometime. Let's run down David Ayer's uh, filmography real quick. 2005, he directs Harsh Times, 2008, Street Kings, 2012, End of Watch, 2014, Sabotage, 2014, Fury, and next up, Suicide Squad. How did he get that job? How did he get that job with that? Re- whatever. Okay. Uh, they're like, Fury was amazing. Because uh, he wrote Training Day. Anyway. Uh, enough of that. We've spent way too much time on him. 
Um, okay. Is it my turn? It is, yes. Go for it. I blabbed way too no, much No, no, it was fine. I was enjoying silly it. Silly Italian cannibal, <laughs> yeah. I liked splatter. it. Splatter. Uh, By the way, if, you, if, if anybody out there is interested in watching a guy get his dick chopped off, Cannibal Ferox is your movie. You know, now I was just you. thinking that I need to... <laughs> you need some good I dick chopping. I need some chopping. good dick chopping. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody's interested in Christian Bale dumping things in his pee hole, then I guess... Uh... <laughs> yes! This is, yeah... <laughs> This is the podcast for you. I think this one's going to yes. be our first one with the explicit label. Just because. <laughs> Let's be on the safe side. Yep. Okay. If we're going that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, time is winding down. I'm going to just tag on a couple real quick, and then I want to talk about a thumbs up and a huge thumbs down. I'll be done. Um, these were both on the roulette last week. Shaolin Temple from 1976. Uh, Jet Li movie. Okay. Huge thumbs up. That one was excellent. Mm. Old school kung fu. You want to watch that one. Uh, the HD transfer on Netflix is mind-boggling, uh, especially oh, to me considering how many of these I watch on VHS where it's full frame and shaky and horrible and uh, just terrible. That one was a thumbs up and very good old school uh, kung fu. I loved it. Kids from Shaolin, a 1984, another Jet Li movie. Also on the roulette last weekend. Um, not so much. You can skip that one. I, You might fall asleep for about 45 minutes. And I know that because I fell asleep for about 45 minutes. But I watched enough of it that I feel I got the gist. And eh. This is more one of the kiddie old school ones. And no thanks. I'm good. Back to you. You know, you know. I speaking of the Jet Li movie, and I, I'm not. I have no idea what the titles were anymore. But uh, years ago, you gave me some cheap, cheap ass DVDs of old school kung fu movies. You're like, dude, you got to watch some of these. And I watched a couple of them. Like this was back when I was able to stay up all night, and my wife and I were going to go on vacation in the morning, and I stayed up pretty much all night watching your Kung Fu movies that you gave me. And I think I was, I remember thinking to myself, these kind of suck. Why am I doing this? I still think about those every now and then. I, I wish I would remember what they were called, but they were so bad. But now that I'm more and more into these older grindhouse yes. type things, I really wonder what they were. One of them may have been a Jet Li movie, but I, uh, not, I'm sorry, not Jet Li, um, Jackie Chan. But I remember that you gave me a stack of them. And I thought watching them, I'm like, these are, these are kind of shitty. But I still remember that night where I was up most of the night. I was excited about going on vacation. Was one and an was action up... like a Die Hard type a ripoff? Oh, man. I mean, these were like, oh, like the transfers. They were VHS transfers yeah, I know. on DVD. You know what? Now that I'm looking at Jet Li's filmography list here, the first thing he, uh, this is on IMDb, the first thing he's credited with is 1982, The Shaolin Temple. Uh, and then 1984 was Kids from Shaolin, but it's called Shaolin Temple 2, Kids from Shaolin. Mm. So that was the sequel. I watched one and oh, two. Oh, you watched the sequel? Yeah. Nice. Uh, what could I have possibly given you? I'm looking here. Master. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to look at, I'm looking at ones that I have on DVD. I look at this. I, these are on, I have, so far I've gone through 10 or 12 of them. I have all of them. <laughs> Either the on is, VHS the, the or DVD. DVD. On the DVDs that you gave me, 
were from complete no-name DVD companies. They always are. Complete. They always yeah. are, and I still have them. Whatever it is, I still have them. I don't get rid oh, of them. Oh, yeah, which I think is cool. I just, yeah. admit, But I do I do remember that, and I actually remember thinking, well, this was kind of a waste of time, but I still think about that every now and then. I'm like, oh, that was a fun night. I remember I was up almost all night watching really bad kung fu. Well, a couple of and those then, then I, have been added to Netflix real recently, too, like The Enforcer. Uh, they threw that one on there. Like a melt meltdown was. I remember giving that to you, and you were like, "Oh, that sucked." And I was like, "Oh, that movie was awesome. That was like Asian Die Hard." <laughs> and you were wow. like, "Eh." <laughs> one of them that I do remember. One of them was set back in like feudal Japan or whatever. It was like not a most more, of them are yeah yeah. But anyway, that was a that was a derail. I know you're fine. I'm just dying to know what that yeah. was. Yeah. Well, it's your turn but at any rate. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. You... Well, anyway, um. So I'm trying to decide if I would if I want to go with legit or more grindhousey again because trust me I got them. Go ahead, <laughs> I got a, I got a couple of others I want to get through yet. We got okay. time. We're doing good. Okay, I'm going to talk about the black hole uh, because I just watched it and it fits perfectly on this show. Not so much on my own show, so I want to hit on that on that movie. Uh, I bought the HDX version of this movie off of Vudu because damn it. <laughs> this is not available on Blu-ray, and I want to watch this. I want to own this movie on high definition. So the only way to do that is HDX, which looks great. Uh, and I paid fifteen bucks for it, and I'm I'm happy to support this movie. Um, it looks great, and the movie itself is just fantastic. I think I like this every time I watch it. I like the movie more than I did the previous time. Uh, this is superior science fiction from the 70s. It's right up there with uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Star Wars. Uh, It's not 2001, but this is a great, great science fiction movie. And I say science fiction because it is true. Like, I love love that it's more 2001 and Star Trek-based science fiction instead of hard action Star Wars type science fiction if that makes sense it does make sense but there are still those action scenes that they squeeze in there it is a it is a great combination of both yeah. i mean yeah especially in the end this, i don't know how they did those special I don't those, know. to this still day. explain like, explain to me how they do the meteorite thing rolling through the the ship i still it, don't know how they do that so great I'm, i was like this looks so badass and i'm like this is from 77 or 78 and i'm like this is such great practical effects versus the the cool cg granted it's cool cgi now but i'm like you can tell that is not CGI, and it looks fantastic. But it doesn't make that scene still doesn't make any sense to me. Even on my DVD, which is now a crappy transfer, uh, but at, it's the best you can get that isn't digital. Yeah. Yeah. How do they do that scene? I see them walking across there, and I'm like, well, obviously this time I'm going to recognize that it's a plate, and th- they would film things on top of filming things, and you're going to be able to see that it's not. Yeah. You know, all the you want it's it's seamless, completely seamless. It holds up. It totally holds up. I can't. I, w- I wish there'd be like a two, three-hour documentary on a on a Blu-ray of the making of this movie and how they did the special effects, the the genesis of the storyline. I love the the storyline itself is so cool and it's like it reminds me a little bit of Tomorrowland in that it's a kids movie, but there's a lot of adult type uh, science fiction in there, which is why I liked Tomorrowland so much. Is that it's yeah, it's for kids. But there's like that that end of black hole, man. It's out there. That is like dark. <laughs> yeah, and it's like wow. This is a PG rated K 
kids movie, and now all of a sudden it's like okay, and you we're know into the you know, afterlife type stuff here. What? And you know what? I always get hung up on the end. You see him inside a Maximilian. Oh, now, crazy! Now that's crazy. But one thing that I always get hung up on, he could not fit in there, right? Yeah, which yeah. means that he sawed off some limbs to get in there. Right? Oh, yeah, because yeah, cause the arms and the legs yeah, don't it's, match up. Yeah. That is just dark shit. <laughs> but, oh, wow. that's a freaking great movie, and I love I, I love everything about it, but I get so mad when people get hung up on the robots. Like, so often I've shown that to people, and they're like, ugh, these robots are annoying and dumb. And I'm like, who gives a crap about the robots? Like, why do you care? I, I'm great. C-3PO, R2-D2 are awesome, but did you go to Star Wars and go... Lightsaber battles, eh, R2-D2 is annoying. He just beeps. I've heard that review many times, where yeah. they're like, what is his name, Bob? Or something? I, I don't even Vincent. Yeah. Vincent. Yeah. yeah they're, Vincent. they're annoying. They're stupid. I'm like, oh, who cares about the friggin' robots? And you know what's funny is is the beginning. I'm not sure if this is on the DVD, but it is on the the digital copy. Is the beginning? It's black screen set to. It's on the DVD. Like oh okay, like just like Star Trek, just like 2001. It has an opening uh, theme. Yeah. What, what is that called? I forget. It's the an overture. Overture. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. But uh, I'll tell you what, Black Hole is up there with. The best of the best science fiction classics of all time, in my opinion. I think it's a fantastic movie. Completely agree, and I'm mad that it's not on Blu-ray and cleaned up special oh, effects. Too. Because my DVD, you can see the wires holding up the guys pretending to be in zero-G. Yeah. Like, you can oh, yeah. blatantly and, and, and the see is, them. Yeah, and the thing is, on the HDX, this is not like Blu-ray, where they... it You can tell, it's it's HD, but this is not blue, Blu-ray No, no, it's just up. bumped up. It's just... Yeah, it's bumped up, but it's like, oh, Mike, I spent 15 bucks on this, and I did. I'm happy to say I did, but I will easily spend another 15 on the Blu-ray when it comes out. No, sometime. you won't, because it'll be from Disney, and it will be 35 20, Yeah, twenty nine ninety five. yeah, with tax. Yep, yep. there you go. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, another double header of a pro and a con. Uh the sort of con first, 009-1, The End of the Beginning. This was recently added to Netflix. Uh, I put it on, I mentioned it in the Netflix update on the Facebook page. Um, Asian cyborg woman goes to attack other people. I don't know what the hell. Uh, I gave this one a no score. I did not finish it. I, I went about 10 or 15 minutes into it. It's not a total loss, though. I encourage you to go watch the opening sequence. Just watch okay. up through to the opening credits. It'll take about five minutes. You can spend that much time. Do it. You will enjoy that five minutes. You will also learn everything you need to know about this film. Uh, you know, on a, on a brighter day, I might give this whole thing a chance. But it's just like, uh, I've got other things to watch. I'm good. Tons of CGI blood and gunshots and... Enough of that. But right before the opening credits, there's a great joke that they build up to that I laughed out loud and was like, on another day where I had more time, I would watch this thing all the way through because that was hilarious. Uh, so at least watch the opening scene so you know what I'm talking okay. about. 
All right. Uh, next up is an anime movie called Expelled from Paradise. I, I tend to add any anime movie that I c- come across. Um, this one would fall close to Gem in the Rough if you're into anime. I don't know that you would like it. I'm not recommending it to you. I don't think it would be your your bag. But anime fan, boy over here, I dug it. The robots and... Uh, transferring consciousness from this to a living being is it, it lots of a dissection of um, that ghost in the shell kind of stuff. Um, great voice actor cast. The guy who does Spike Spiegel on Cowboy Bebop is uh, are okay. once again playing the same role, kind of in a different character name. <laughs> uh, was a very fun character, a side character, but uh, once again, it's a uh, anime chicks. With, big boobs barely wearing anything climbing into giant robot mechs and blowing the shit out of everything on the anime i totally fine for me uh and i really dug it if you're a super anime fan fan check out expelled from paradise but you eh not so much you can skip that one okay if you're totally in the mood for that kind of thing go for it but eh, i i'm not pushing it on you okay Anything else? Uh, you got one more for me? We'll wrap I've up. got one more. Yeah, okay. I, I've got one more that I want to touch on. Um, this is uh, a, an old DVD uh, that I took along to uh, Florida with me, and because I've never seen this before, and I got the DVD on the cheap, and it it had been sitting on my shelf. I this was like a you watching a DVD? It. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I, I know. But uh, I was limited resources down there. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna. I, this is my chance to watch this because I'm not gonna watch it here at the house. Oh, physical media is for nerds. I only <laughs> have everything digital. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Braddock, missing in action, part three. Hey, oh, I, fi- I figured we should end. Let's end on a Chuck Norris note. Oh, that's awesome. Well, he needed some redemption from the last episode or two. Yes. <laughs> And the thing is, he gets it. He gets some redemption in Braddock Missing in Action Part 3. Have you seen this by any chance? Oh my gosh, probably a lifetime ago. Uh, okay. But I need, I, I, you know, I ran across a, a, a box set Blu-ray of uh, two or three of the, it, there was four total Chuck Norris movies. It was at Dollar General for like six okay. bucks. You could get four uh, Chuck Norris movies on Blu-ray. I opted for uh, the Man with No Name trilogy. Instead, okay. I had, no, I had you, to pick. You did good. Yeah, I, you did good. Next time, um, I'll get that. Yeah, <laughs> missing in action part three. I gotta say, and I've watched the first two; they were good. I like them, but this is a this is a pretty good canon movie here, um, and especially going off of the last Chuck Norris movie I, that I watched, which was on the roulette, uh, the hero and the terror, which was terrible. This was a this was a pretty good for Chuck Norris and canon action movie. It is. <laughs> Almost, it, it's it's funny how Sylvester Stallone '80s movies can be ripped off by Chuck Norris, but this is a ripped off Sylvester Stallone First Blood slash Rambo movie. Uh, it's him rescuing kids in some foreign place with despicable bad guys. But I, I the whole way through, I'm like, I should hate this, but I'm kind of liking this movie. Uh, this is not bad. And I was, you know, on a, I was pretty upset with Hero and the Terror. I hated that movie. Yeah. But Braddock, I'm like, this is this is decent. And the bad guys get their comeuppance, and 
Chuck Norris is a horrible actor in this, and but he, but it's, he's a good horrible actor, not bad horrible actor in this one. So hero and the ter- hero and the terror is the equivalent of Kathy Bates reading the audiobook of a Chuck Norris movie, and yeah, there you go. Braddock so, yeah. Three, a Canon. That's all the money that you need. <laughs> okay. But it's just funny how it's funny how they're like the end. I'm like, I think this probably came out after Rambo Three with the big the tank uh. and the. The huge Russian helicopter scene. Yeah. By the way, Rambo three Rambo three is pretty bad. That is by far the worst of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this one here, okay. If that's the case, this is about the same level as Rambo three, Oof. which, yeah, <laughs> not selling it. You were doing good at selling it up until oh, that point. Shit. Yeah, I know. Now I'm. You're like there was a whole those. scene in the middle where he was teaching these Vietnamese kids how to play <laughs> tetherball. <laughs> And then his wife is pregnant. His, his wife is pregnant. And they're having. You know, and then for some reason, the third act it becomes a comedy, and we're just cracking <laughs> jokes all over the. <laughs> oh, and it, it's funny because I keep going back to Chuck Norris. For, I mean, it's like the Octagon sucked, and Hero on the Terrace sucked, and does does uh, good guys wear black? Is that good or is that something? Or... I you know I I reviewed it uh, twenty five episodes ago. I remember, yeah, I know, and I've—I'll go back and look it up for you to see it. I, I, I have to go look at my. I, I seem to recall liking it. Uh, I remember being very Chuck Norrisy seventies. I'm fashionable, wearing weird yes. clothes and uh, oh. lots of bell bottoms. Oh. And, and he was a race like car that. driver or something. Oh yay! I do like that we continually throw every now and then we throw Chuck Norris into our uh, <laughs> our banter. I, I, we sh- and we should. Yes, he needs to be heard yes. from. Yes, <laughs> he is anyway, practically I'm... the canon spokesman. Yeah. By the way, uh, it was going to be my review was going to be either of Braddock or Human Centipede Part Three. I opted for Braddock, just so you know. Good. Save that one for next time. <laughs> that can be your tease I will. for me. It will be yes. Terminator on Blu-ray. Ooh. I watched about a half an hour of it, and then the wife was like, "Why are you watching that without me?" And I said, "I because I didn't think you'd care." And well, she wants to watch it. Uh, so be it. We're going to watch it this week. Fine by me. I'll rewatch the first nice. half anyway. I love that movie. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I will see you next week. Sounds good. See you. Bye. Bye.